another edition of the Swarmcast. David Eicholt here with HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. Congratulations, folks. You made it. Basketball season and football season have intertwined, and this is the busiest month for me, obviously, covering both sports, but it's also one of the most fun now that we have two major sports back at it. But Monday night served as Iowa's exhibition game as they gear up to take on SIU Edwardsville on Friday, which will officially begin the 2019-2020 basketball season. Obviously, tonight's game was against Lindsey Wilson College. Only Big Ten Network Plus subscribers had access to it. And, you know, I want to preface my analysis of this game uh, by saying it's an exhibition. It's extremely tough to really get any sort of major takeaways from this. But I, I understand, obviously, the, the want for information. But it's don't overthink anything I say for the most part, but there are a few things that obviously stood out to me. I figured I would just kind of go through player by player, break down their stat lines, go through some key plays, and just give some quick takes of each player. Then we'll go to a couple of Twitter questions, and we'll wrap this up. Yeah, but obviously, I think the first thing that really stood out to me about Iowa's game tonight is that they really came out firing on all cylinders. You know, with teams like this and exhibitions – D1 teams, you know, it, it's it's a good thing for them to come out hot during an exhibition taking care of business because it's fair to be rusty early, and that's what coaches kind of want to see is where they're at and how guys will come out, especially thinking about fans being in attendance. Carver Hawkeye wasn't exactly rocking, but pretty typical exhibition game crowd, I believe. They had their moments, some exciting plays, obviously gave them a bit uh, to cheer about, but Jordan Bohannon obviously made his season debut, um, you know, just six months after major hip surgery. Really cool moment, I think, for him was going out to a standing ovation from the crowd, well aware of all the hardships that he's endured over the past five or six months. And for him to kind of start off slow, but then take that first shot with 7.56 remaining in the game, uh, it was, I think, it was, it was a really special moment for him. And post game, he just said he had goosebumps and how much he appreciated Iowa fans. So I, I, you know, I think it was a cool moment. Now, as far as he looked on the court, I, I don't think he's a hundred percent recovered. Obviously, he said he's gonna be a little bit slow. And I, I've gone back and forth whether or not Iowa's gonna, if he's gonna play this season. I'm sure I'll go back and forth plenty more as time goes along. But I don't think Jordan Bohan's gonna play. I think after watching him tonight, I'm not quite sure he's in 100% basketball shape. Kind of hard to blame him, obviously, with with the hip surgery that he had. Shooting form looks great. Uh, Fitting in well with the team, I think. Going to be a very good leader. And he is going to play Friday during Iowa season opener. Probably a similar role to tonight where he's coming off the bench. Maybe trying to be a spark plug for the guys. Uh, but, you know, I, I think right now I wouldn't expect him to play. And kind of, yeah, diving back to what I was saying, though, I think Iowa started off fast and they took care of business. They gave up an early three to go down 3-0 to zero to Lindsey Wilson, but that was that was all over after that. Uh, Iowa rattled off a 17-2 to run within the first just over, just over four minutes of play. And the big thing that stood out to me was 
Joe Wieskamp coming on a curl, uh, left elbow, drained the jumper. Obviously a hot start from him. Luca Garza's footwork, tremendous. He's improved, I think, a little bit lateral quickness-wise, but that's just not his game. That's not who he is. His game is outstanding footwork, effort, second chances. Going to be a very good offensive player, I think, for Iowa. I don't think that 13, 14 points is out of the question. I think he'll have a handful of 20-point games. And if he can stay out of foul trouble, I think he'll be he'll be big. But the story of the night for me, at least, maybe outside Joe Wieskamp finishing with a team high of 19 points, the story for me is retro freshman C.J. Frederick looked like a seasoned vet out there. And I know our guys, Dylan Burns, Sean Bach, and myself have been very, you know, kind of trying to hype up the C.J. Frederick hype train. Obviously, the players and Fran McCaffrey have done that, but... I was extremely impressed with Frederick coming out of high school. I think he was more of an underrated guy. High three-star. Didn't hold a lot of a lot of uh, high-end offers. But something to keep in mind, too, which I feel like people forget about Frederick. When he accepted Iowa's quote-unquote scholarship or elected to attend Iowa, there wasn't a present scholarship available for him. So there was a possibility for him that he was going to be paying his own way for the first year. But that's how badly he wanted to be at Iowa. He held an offer from Xavier, I believe. I, I believe since I saw off the top of my head. I apologize. This is incorrect. Cincinnati was looking at him and a handful of other Power 5, Power 6 teams were looking at him as well. And he's going to make a big impact. And I think, you know, I think Isaiah Moss obviously transferring to Kansas was kind of a surprise to fans. And he's going to play well over there. He's, he's exactly what Kansas needs, but... And this is not a shot against him at all. Part of the reason Isaiah Moss may have transferred is CJ Frederick might have been in line to take some minutes. I mean, he really fought through screens defensively. I loved what he brought on that end of the floor. Came out, hit back-to-back threes on, on two possessions. Two or three possessions, but back-to-back buckets were from three for him. Finished with 18 points, 6 of 7 shooting, 4 of 5 from 3, 2 assists, did not turn the ball over, and really just seemed comfortable. He's a guy who was kind of, you know, he was talking a little bit of smack when he was making a big defensive play. He was hyping up his guys on the bench. And if they can get consistent, I think, 10 to 11 points out of Frederick as a redshirt freshman, I think that's good be very, very good going forward. And I think it is attainable because he has that sort of hot hot shooting that people are looking for. He's also much quicker laterally than I thought he would be. I, I wasn't sure what to really make of it, but after watching him fight through screens and kind of running around defensively, I did like what he, he brought to the table. Obviously, it's it you know, there's a long way to go and he'll play a lot better teams, but I think for him I think that was a very good start for Frederick. I, I really liked what I saw of him, and I think Iowa fans should be encouraged about that. Another quick note I was going to mention, just in case I forget down the line, Iowa stars tonight were Connor McCaffrey, Jack Nungy, Joe Wieskamp, C.J. Frederick, and Luca Garza. Fran McCaffrey was asked post-game if that was going to be the starting lineup going forward. He said in the short term, yes, he wants to see how J-Bo kind of progresses. And, you know, Connor McCaffrey finished with 11 assists, and he only took one shot from three, and he he nailed it, and he didn't hesitate on it. I think if Connor can become a mid-30s three-point shooter on those catch-and-shoot 
kind of situations. I think that's going to be huge for Iowa. I really do. To continue to spread the floor, because keep in mind, last year, teams weren't even defending Connor on their perimeter. They were waiting inside with two or three other guys waiting for him to drive in because they know they knew he didn't want to take the shot. But, yeah, Connor finished with 11 assists, three points. Turned it over three times, but Iowa only turned it over seven times as a team. With all those new faces, I think they should be very, very encouraged by that. But, yeah, Frederick, I thought, played really well. Wieskamp, four rebounds, 19 points, six of eight shooting. Also had an outstanding chase down block. I believe it was on one of McCaffrey's only turnovers. Uh, Connor was double teamed. They kind of stripped it from him. And nobody else was really chasing him. He thought he was one-on-one. Then all of a sudden you see Joe Wieskamp coming from the left side and just having a heck of a chase down block. Lindsey Wilson did get the offensive rebound and scored, but you know I think that's a quite an effort play uh, from Wieskamp. Continuing down the list, look, I really, really liked why I saw Patrick McCaffrey tonight. 12 points, 6 of 12 shooting, 0-3 from three-point range, but that'll... That'll come with experience. Did have four fouls. Also had a steal and two rebounds. McCaffrey's a high leaper, by the way. He's a guy who like loves to throw down dunks. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Showed off some great athleticism, I think. He has such a natural feel for the game. He always look is looking for the winning play and didn't back down from guys that, you know, are bigger than him. He tried to, you know, bang with bang with the big bodies down low. And I think if he can continue to put on some weight, I think that'll do wonders for him. But I really liked why I saw Patrick tonight. He was aggressive and sometimes when you get those those young guys you know, you're kind of afraid about how they're going to respond. Are they going to freeze up? Um, we even saw last year, for example, Joe Wieskamp would kind of um, back off, let the older guys take over. But Patrick just, he, he's playing his game and he, he's not backing down. So I think that's encouraging. And I'm interested to see what how he can kind of uh, carve out his role. Uh, graduate transfer, Bakari Evelyn. Didn't didn't score over two from three. Uh, had a block and a steal on defense. Played very nice defense. I think. I think the shooting will come uh, as time goes on. I I think there was a little bit of nerves with him tonight. Um, but I do expect him to be a pretty decent contributor on the line. I I would imagine anywhere from, you know, maybe a six to nine, six to eight, six to nine point guy. And if he can do that, then I think that's all Iowa needs off the bench from that guard spot. Uh. But, yeah, I, th- I think Bakari obviously is going to have a role for this team. He was playing hard defensively. And it was interesting. Iowa ran a couple lineups uh, where I believe it was Bakari Evelyn, Joe Toussaint, Jordan Bohannon, uh, Ryan Creener, and Patrick McCaffrey. So, I mean, that that's a small ball lineup if I've ever seen one. And if I do remember correctly, Jordan Bohannon was playing the two and three spot, was not running point in that lineup. Joe Toussaint was. Speaking of Joe Toussaint, I think people are really going to like Joe Toussaint for the next few years in an Iowa uniform. Only was one for seven today from the field. Finished at the hoop. Five points, 
a team high seven rebounds as a six foot guard, three assists and only turn it over once. But the biggest thing that Toussaint did that stood out to me, the kid's a gamer, hustle plays, rebounding. There was a play where it looked like a clear defensive rebound uh, for Lindsey Wilson, six foot eight guy. All of a sudden, you see Joe Toussaint come from behind him and grab it over a six foot eight guy and kicked it back out, gave Iowa another chance at possession. And I believe it did go to a, it was a three point play uh, later that possession. So Joe kept that live. Very physical on the perimeter. I mean, he is a guy that is so quick. He might be one of Iowa's quickest guys right now, might be the quickest guy. Breaking guys down the dribble, taking it inside, looking to pass out, looking to finish at the hoop. Iowa fans have been wanting a quick driver, point guard that sets up people on the perimeter for threes and that loves to play defense and can finish at the hoop. Toussaint's young and he's gonna need some development, I think, especially on his jump shot. Still a little bit, a little bit shaky. But I, I really loved what I saw Toussaint tonight. And that he fits the mold of exactly what I described. A gamer, a guy that's not gonna quit, and who hustles. I asked him post game. You know, he led the team in rebounds. A lot of guys go out there, you know, undersized, inexperienced. They kind of freeze up in the moment. What allows, you know, I asked him, what allows you to kind of go out there and play your game and hustle? He said basketball is all about the little things. And he, he didn't allude the fact that he's, you know, a little bit undersized compared to everybody else. But here's what he said. And it, it stood out to me. And I think this is a great quote for, I think, any young freshman to follow. Because, it, you know, a lot of them don't. But he said, I have the confidence in myself. I know I can play at this level. And my confidence is always going to show on the court. That's huge. Because that is a very big mental hurdle at times, I think, uh, for some of these players. So, Toussaint's going to need a little bit of development. But then again, Iowa really does not need him right now. I think if he can provide some solid minutes off the bench, I think that would be huge. But, you know, I think this is going to be one of those guys that people are going to look back and say, Fran got a little bit of a steal. I, I love his makeup as a player. I think if he can just develop a consistent jump shot, it's going to take his game to a whole nother level. But defensively, hustle, athletically, the, the kid's there. And I think it was a big deal that he only had one turnover t- tonight. Obviously, there'll be games where he has a lot more just because of his fast style of play. But I think you have to like uh, what you saw out of him tonight. Uh, who am I missing? Luca Garza, like I said, I thought he was outstanding. Oh, another guy, obviously, another big storyline. Jack Nunji. Jack Nunji's not get. Jack Nunji does not strike me as a guy that's going to be the most dominant figure on the court. But when you have Luca Garza, when you have you know Joe Wieskamp, you have an up and comer like C.J. Frederick, they don't need him to be. But with that being said, Nunji is going to be a very consistent player, and I could see him keeping Iowa in some games because of his consistency. And if he continues to develop his outside shot and his presence inside, I think that will be huge. Four of eight from the field, one for four from three, but no bad misses. I mean, they were all just in and out. A couple of them were in and out. The one he made was a complete swish, bomb of the net. Nunji had six rebounds, two assists, two turnovers. Uh, 
And I, I liked what I saw of him tonight. He is so much stronger. He's not afraid to go back to basket. He's always looking for a pass. Very smart basketball player. And I think that you're looking for maybe a third or fourth leading scorer. I, I think he's going to go down as probably Iowa's fourth leading scorer. If Frederick can continue to kind of get those open looks that he was getting, you know, during tonight's game. And if Jordan Bohannon obviously does not come back. So I liked why I saw Nunji. A little bit quicker laterally than I thought. He was aggressive, I think, on the defensive end. I thought a couple times he got a little bit lackadaisical on defensive rebounding, but to be honest, that was probably the entire Iowa team. Now, with that being said, Iowa did out-rebound Lindsey Wilson uh, 39-36, but Iowa allowed 12 offensive boards, and the tallest guy for Lindsey Wilson that got significant playing time was six foot eight. I mean, you got a 6'6 wing in Joe Wieskamp. You have a 6'5 point guard in Connor McCaffrey. 6'11, Luca Garza. 6'11, Jack Nungy. 6'4, CJ Frederick. Iowa had the clear size advantage, but they, they allowed, I think, way too many offensive rebounds. And I think that is going to be a big question mark, I think, going forward for Iowa is if they can kind of keep up that energy on the defensive glass. Because keep in mind, Ty- Tyler Cook... You know, people can say they want about Tyler Cook, but Tyler Cook, especially over the course of his career, really improved as a rebounder. 7.6 rebounds per game last year. A lot, especially on the defensive end, he was outstanding. So I think Iowa just needs to have that energy that they have for making baskets and playing perimeter defense as they do for defensive rebounding. But I expect a couple of guys to emerge down the stretch. I think Patrick McCaffrey could play a part in that. Jack Nungy, I think, will give you a consistent five to six rebounds a game. I think Luca Garza needs to take that step up, and I think Joe Wieskamp needs to pull down at least five or six boards a game. So that was, that was a big concern for me. The other really big concern I had, and again, with, with all Iowa shooters on their team, this might be unwarranted, but Iowa only went 16 of 23 from the free throw line tonight. Connor McCaffrey, 0 of 2. Luca Garza, 4 of 6. Um. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. You know, Ryan Kreener, one of two. So I think there are some inconsistencies there, and I think Iowa's going to have to hit free throws down the stretch of games because, keep in mind, Iowa took... I think it was one of the best teams in the country last season at getting to the line and converting at the line. Part of the reason why Iowa's offensive efficiency was so good last season. So I think Iowa's going to need to kind of, you know, maybe take some extra free throws after practice. And I'm interested to see how that trend kind of follows. And if Iowa can get back to the free throw line as much as they did last season, because Tyler Cook was a huge part of that. So I don't know who's going to be that next guy up. Maybe it's Luca Garza because with how aggressive he was, it wouldn't necessarily um, surprise me. But I think that's about every major uh, player. I think Riley Till is going to be a guy that probably gets you a couple minutes a game, especially if Iowa gets in foul trouble like they did a couple times last year. 
as I mentioned, Jordan Bohannon, I don't think Skip play this year, but I do think that they are going to run him as much as they can to kind of get the full gauge to just before they decide if they want to redshirt him or not. Oh, another thing about that too, Iowa head coach Fran McCaffrey did mention that uh, he believes that they can play Jordan in 10 games before they have to make a decision. And with that being said, I believe it has to come within. I, I've not checked this, so I apologize if I'm wrong. It has to come within the first 10 games. They can't kind of scatter it week by week um, before they make a decision. Obviously, they did that with Cordell Pemsel last year. Pemsel didn't play till mid-December. But that's also why he was allowed to kind of go past that 10-game threshold is because he didn't play until mid midseason. So, something to watch there, obviously. And speaking of Cordell Pemsel, he will not play Friday, but he is eligible after that. If you can recall, he was suspended indefinitely earlier this offseason. With that being said, I, I think I covered all the bases. Iowa's defensive rebound needs to get better. Uh, I loved what I saw the fast break for Iowa. They looked extremely comfortable. Guys always looking for the extra pass. I think it's telling stat. Iowa finished with 26 assists on 34 made field goals, which is outstanding. Connor McCaffrey, 11 assists. And Iowa also had five other guys with at least two assists or more. So, pretty telling stuff. Fran did mention that he believes he has a very unselfish team. Joe Wieskamp emphasized that postgame as well. And everyone else did. And I, I think this is a team that's really clicking. I think they have the potential to play really well together. There will be, you know, there will be some hiccups along the path, as is every season. But, you know, for all the new faces, I was pleasant. You know, I, I I was I was surprised to see what they what they did. Um, but yeah, let, let's kind of dive into a couple of Twitter questions really quick. Um, will anybody transfer before the season starts due to playing time? No, I I'd be I'd be a little bit surprised if that happens. I think Fran Fran's always been a guy that gets criticized for playing too many players, and you, you kind of look up and down the depth of this team. Let's exclude Jordan Bohannon from this conversation, but Jack Nungy, Frederick, Wieskamp, Connor McCaffrey, Luca Garza, Joe Toussaint, Bakari Evelyn, Ryan Kreener, Patrick McCaffrey. I mean, that, that, that's, I believe that's nine, 10 guys right there. So I, I wouldn't be afraid of that. Another stat I did want to mention as well that Iowa did have 40 points in the paint, really working that inside out game. And a, neat, a telling stat is Iowa finished 13 of 18 from layups. I think there were times last year where Iowa struggled with layup, kind of finishing around the rim. There was no problem with that. Again, obviously an outsized uh, Lindsey Wilson Blue Raider squad, but it is worth noting. So do I think anybody transfers? That, that would be, I think, a surprise to me. Uh, any guys show you that they can play positions you didn't think they could play? You know, that's a really interesting question because I feel like Fran and kind of that style, they're more positionless basketball to a certain extent. And I think if I, again, if I remember correctly, Jordan Bohannon played a little bit at the three, but I can't, I, I can't see him doing that just because he's undersized with not hundred percent healthy hip. You don't want put, you don't want to put him against an athletic wing who can hit threes and really kind of you know, drive, drive to the paint. So I, I went through that in there. 
Maybe C.J. Frederick at the three. I thought he's a little bit undersized at the three, but with his shooting ability and his athleticism, maybe there. Other than that, I don't think you, you don't want to put Jack Nungy at the three. He's just not laterally quick enough to keep up with those six foot six, six foot seven guys on the perimeter. And Bakari Evelyn's not going to play a three either. So, to answer your question, no. But it wouldn't surprise me if Fran continued to kind of tinker with those lineups, considering kind of his positionless basketball. How many questions can Jabo play for losing the opportunity? Mentioned that. Fran mentioned 10 games tonight. Uh, who will the Hawks play in the national title game? <laughs> Good one. Um, and I, I think that about wraps it up. I, I, it is worth noting as well that four-star 2024 Xavier Foster from Oskaloosa, Iowa, was in attendance tonight for Iowa's exhibition game. Uh, he will be at Iowa State season opener tomorrow, and he'll be making his official college decision between Iowa and Iowa State at 9 a.m. on Monday. Obviously, stay tuned to Hawkeye Insider dot com for the latest there but yeah not, not too much to take away tonight but i think it was worth breaking down some players where they've improved on some of my initial concerns coming off tonight but you know low turnovers iowa recording six deals 26 assists on 34 made baskets iowa shooting 44 percent from three 55.7 percent from the field and that includes getting some you know some walk-on guys in late and all that I do think that this team is going to be able to shoot the basketball. I think this team's going to be, I think they're going to be a little bit better than I think outsiders expect. I don't want to give away my full season prediction yet, but you know, if you can get Frederick and Wieskamp to uh, give you performances like they did tonight against some top tier competition, Iowa will stand a chance in most games they played. They play the season. I mean, 37 points on 12 of 15 shooting will, That'll get the job done. Uh, but like I mentioned, Iowa officially opens the season on Friday when they host SIU Edwardsville. Hawkeye Insider will be on site covering that game, 8 o'clock Central time, and I believe it will be televised on Big Ten Network. But, yeah, stay tuned to the site. Obviously, Iowa-Wisconsin week. We've got plenty of content there. Plenty more breaking down Iowa's exhibition game and gearing you up for Iowa's official season opener. Uh, and, yeah, that about does it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Obviously, feel free to reach out to me at dicolt247 on Twitter if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. But, uh, yeah, hope you guys had a great weekend, and uh, let's do this again soon. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.